Episode 3, The Cloverwood Society. An all-powerful angel unfairly trapped in a mortal's body. A motormouth crow with handfuls of buttons that he was never going to use. And two normal college students walk into a bar. Me, Samuel, and Ambrose's sister Hannah, and Gray, that is. The lights of the deserted building appeared off from the outside, but I knew that once we went inside, past the twisted corridors, down the winding stairs, and past the strange shadowy creature that frequently asked for cheese spaghetti, that we would find ourselves at the real deal. The bright, shining Cloverwood speakeasy. Just one of the many treasures you could find underground of the small town of Silver Hollow. Because Hannah is your sister, lately I've been feeling obliged to take her to the best spots in Silver Hollow so she can enjoy her best life here. It feels like a mission. I know how much you loved Silver Hollow, and I want Hannah to feel that same love for this sleepy town. This past week I've shown her to many places. The esteemed ice cream museum, the historic remains of what used to be the town's nuclear fallout shelter, which I must add is now being turned into a public theater, and Todd's Pizza Parlor, whose meat options are all replaced with paper slips that say MEAT in all capital letters. I made sure to have Samuel and Gray tag along during those visits, so Hannah had a lot of friends to enlighten the experience even further. I mean, three friends isn't a lot, but it's better than wandering town by yourself with nothing but a paper map, and those things are really outdated. Today I showed her to the Cloverwood speakeasy. I took her and Gray and, reluctantly, Samuel. Hannah and Gray wore their normal casual clothes, but I insisted they try to look a little bit fancy, so they wore bow ties as well, which suited them perfectly. Sweaters and bow ties should be a new fashion trend. I'm sure that it would catch on quickly. Hannah seemed slightly bothered that Gray and everyone who walked past us had an indifferent reaction to my existence. She still seemed a little, a little hesitant around accepting that everyone around her was treating the talking cat like normal. She was also a little hesitant around Samuel, who greeted her with a loud caw then proceeded to ramble about parliamentary procedure in human English. She asked me if Samuel is also some sort of extraterrestrial deity trapped in a mortal body. I told her no, that Samuel is just a really annoying crow who picked up human language, obviously. Gray looked extremely pissed off at Samuel's chattering, and I couldn't blame him. Samuel was born with a gift of gab. He couldn't sit down and keep his mouth shut if his life depended on it. If you gave him the choice between getting killed in a house fire or being quiet for 50 seconds, he would say his prayers and dive straight into the flames. Gray also continued to side-eye Hannah, probably under the impression that she was an imposter or had an alter ego or something like that. 
He asked Hannah oddly specific questions about her life, as if trying to find a key hint that could prove that she wasn't actually Hannah Song. He's a paranoid kid, I'm telling you. One time, he was so fully convinced that his father had been swapped out for an alien copy, and one night, he actually called the police on him. Well, it turned out that his father had actually been involved in some shady drug business, so, but he wasn't an alien, so Gray was wrong. So yeah, Gray can be a tad bit delusional. He's usually wrong about his hunches. It was nighttime. The air still had a faint taste of peppermint from the previous rain. We entered an abandoned building and went through a long series of secret passageways before we reached the underground entrance to the Cloverwood Speakeasy. It's a beautiful, vibrant place with candlelit chandeliers and lots of comfy chairs to sit in. The bottles and glasses lined up behind the bar glitter under the light, and the tables and countertops are made of sleek, dark wood that shimmer when you look at the right spot. There's also a little band in the far corner that plays nice jazz. I think I might have taken you here once. I don't remember. It might have been in your freshman year. Hannah was skeptical about the speakeasy. Weren't speakeasies around in the Prohibition era? In the 1920s? Why is there still a speakeasy if alcohol is legal now? But of course, nobody answered her questions because we were all heading to the bar to get drinks. Samuel ordered a glass of ice water, which he chugged down in four seconds, ice cubes and all. I swear, he seems to have absolutely no regard for his health. Gray ordered a beer, and Hannah ordered an apple juice, because apple juice is, looks very similar to beer, and it tastes a lot better than beer, too. And of course, I went for a classic orange smoothie. I thought speakeasies only served alcohol, Hannah said, but no one paid much attention to her, because Samuel was downing dozens of entire glasses of iced water, and we all wanted to see if he would pass out. Spoiler alert, he did. The speakeasy was mostly empty, so we kind of had it to ourselves, which was really nice. We talked for a bit while we had our drinks, occasionally giving Samuel a shake to check if he was still breathing. Oh, it was so dang peaceful, those precious minutes when Samuel wasn't talking. When he regained consciousness, he went right back to chattering away. It was a good thing Gray distracted me from smashing a wine bottle against Samuel's head with an enlightening story about his trip to Paris. Now, um, about half an hour into our little visit to the speakeasy, we were approached by a man, maybe 30 years old or so, with sleek jet black hair and really weird shades. He had a fedora and a pinstripe suit and a giant toothy smile. He looked a lot sleazy, a little mischievous, like he was going to rob a party city or blow up your grandma's house with fireworks. He hopped over to the other side of the counter, one hand holding a half-filled glass of, what, whiskey? Upon seeing Hannah, he laughed and greeted her, a sort of look of wonder on his face. He said, and I quote, Hey, Ambrose, I didn't think I would see you again. I didn't know you were alive. I see you've dyed your hair. But with his accent, it sounded more like, I am Burrose. I didn't think I would see you again. I didn't know you were alive. And etc. Yes, that was his accent. 
but it's not my fault. It sounds weird. I'm perfectly good at mimicking accents. I just really have no clue where it comes from because his accent seems to be changing from one to another. Like, it sounds a bit Scottish at first, then it's Mid-Atlantic, then it's New York, then it's just straight-up Australian. I'm trying my best here, Ambrose. Don't hate me. Hate the guy with the Vidora for speaking in such a confusing accent. Anyway, Hannah was startled, and not just because of the man's accent. She asked what the man meant when he called her Ambrose. You don't remember me, the man said in a horrible accent, which I do not want to mimic right now. Has it really been that long? It's me, your pal, Danny Rickaby. He made a show by doing jazz hands. Hannah just stared at him blankly. You are Ambrose, right? Danny said. I thought it best to speak up at that moment. I informed Danny that Hannah was unfortunately not Ambrose, and that Ambrose was actually her brother. But I was curious to figure out who exactly Danny was. You've never told me about him. And no, I'm not judging in any way. But you know, it is kind of suspicious that you would associate with sketchy people in speakeasies. I asked Danny how you knew him. Ambrose and I were best buds, he said. Hung out all the time. He worked closely with me in the Cloverwood Society. He tipped his hat to Hannah. Apologies, miss, you look so similar to Ambrose. You guys twins? Before Hannah could reply that she was actually five years younger, I said, What do you mean Ambrose worked in the Cloverwood Society? He worked in the society is all, Danny said. Then he got into some trouble, but you don't need to worry your pretty head about that, sweetheart. He pat me on the head as he said this, a common thing people did when they first saw me. If I had been in my pure, divine form, I would have blasted him into dust for such disrespect. But because I was nice, I let it go just this once. But what Danny, that Danny guy said did definitely bother me. Ambrose, I do hope that what Danny said isn't true. Don't you know how dangerous the Cloverwood Society is? I know, it sounds a lot like a membership offer for the Cloverwood Speakeasy. Free discounts and coupons for alcohol and whatnot. But you're smart enough to know that the society and the speakeasy are two completely different things. The Cloverwood Society is a league of people who work to literally overthrow the U.S. government. And their layer is the Cloverwood Speakeasy. Normally on nights like these, the speakeasy is empty and available to the public. But on certain days, it's jam-packed with private society members who come together to hack government files and embezzle government funds and stuff like that. As much as I am fascinated by the society's careful planning and outstanding heists, it is a dangerous organization to be involved in. And I know that it would be way too much of a coincidence for Danny to be talking about some other Ambrose that coincidentally also looks like Hannah. Danny was lying, right? Unless you actually were involved in this dangerous society? If you were, then it would have been nice if you told me sooner. We tell each other stuff all the time. We even tell each other about personal things. Remember the time I told you about when I accidentally wiped out an entire universe in a heated debate with another extraterrestrial colleague? That was an extremely embarrassing moment, but I told you about it anyway. So, you know, um, if there are more dangerous societies that you got yourself involved in during your college years that you didn't tell me about, 
You can always tell me now. Gray proceeded to ask Danny what the Cloverwood Society was. Danny simply told him, It's just a fun little group where we drink and eat corn dogs and complain about modern electrical appliances. Because obviously, he didn't want to reveal that there was a much darker, more complicated government scheme to the Cloverwood Society. Don't think about joining though, he added. Special members only. Danny talked with us for a couple more minutes, mostly ranting about how microwave toasters are ruining our brains, occasionally spitting out a bunch of weird 1920s slang words that none of us understood. Frankly, he was quite entertaining to listen to. He also had a tendency to call people sweethearts. I tried to ask him about you several times in between conversations because I was wondering how you were involved in the Cloverwood Society and how you met him, but any time I mentioned your name, he would always pretend he didn't hear me and take another shot of his drink. And he took a lot of shots of his drink. After taking several shots of alcohol, he finally let us be, carrying a couple of wine bottles with him as he went. Now, before he left, I tried just one more time to ask him how you were involved in the society, and he hurriedly told me that I didn't need to worry about it, then walked away to pester some other people. Gray mumbled that he was a weirdo, Hannah agreed, and Samuel, who had finished his 20th glass of ice water, well, well, I don't know if it's 20th or 20th, but anyway, glass of ice water, and remarked that Danny had nice sunglasses. When we left the speakeasy, it was probably around 10 at night. As we walked, Gray kept interrogating Hannah with questions like, So, are you involved in any secret societies? Or, your brother seems to be hiding something. Are you hiding something? Hannah was, at this point, not confused, just really annoyed, but answered those questions to the best of her ability. Gray kept at looking at her with suspicion, but eventually dropped the questions. Sigh, what to do with that kid? We reached the college grounds, and we parted ways. Samuel flew off, feeling tipsy from the iced water, and he fell to the ground multiple times before gaining the energy to keep himself up in the air. Gray went to his own dorm building, and Hannah went to hers. I walked Hannah to her dorm building, because that is the polite thing to do, and also, I didn't want her to get mugged by any weird people. It was late, and the night was dark, and I feel responsible for making sure your sister doesn't get kidnapped during her first year of college. What about Gray, you ask? It's fine, he can get by just fine on his own. And I wouldn't mind if you were kidnapped for a day or two. As I walked with Hannah, I avoided the topic of the Cloverwood Society, because I didn't want Hannah to know that you were involved in a plot to illegally throw the government. For now, she lived happily under the delusion that it was just some after-school bar club where drunk people ate corn dogs. We reached the building and said our goodbyes. Hannah gave me a pat on the head, which was, again, rude, but she is, of course, your sister, so I pretended to be completely fine with it. She's a nice person, and angels do not smite nice people. After she went inside, I immediately went about on a nighttime stroll around the college grounds, something I usually do after a long day. Tonight was certainly eventful. I learned something new about you that I hope isn't actually true. But if it is, I want to remind you, Ambrose, that you can tell me anything. Really, 
I'm your bro, your homie, as the modern human says nowadays. And I hate to say this, but let's not forget what I did for you all those years ago. You know you can trust me. I hope that, wherever you are, you are also enjoying the company of your fellow friends and savoring a nice cold orange smoothie, or whatever beverage of your choice. But you can never go wrong with an orange smoothie. Sincerely, your friends, Willis. Sleepy Silver Hollow is a production of Crowned Crow's Corner. New episodes are released bi-weekly on Saturdays. For more information, visit our website, crownedcrowscorner.com. Thank you for enjoying this episode.